Hello, beautiful, magnificent beans, and welcome to the Wild Honey Collective, where we are exploring wildness through an eco-social lens. And this second season is all about healing work, alchemizing what has been divided in our bodies, minds, and spirits into wholeness through a decolonizing lens that guides us in seeing divisions of injustice in our society and coming home to ourselves as pollinators of relationship and transformation that bring collective healing. My guest today is Christine Harrell, founder of Virginia Community Yoga, a mindful movement and meditation program for people in Norfolk's prison and jail population that focuses on leadership, communication, and relationship skills. And she is also the founder of Apothecafe Botanicals, an Ayurvedic medicinal apothecary. She works with a multitude of traditions, including Ayurveda, herbalism, aromatherapy, and yoga philosophy. And most importantly, she is deeply passionate about sharing these tools, including Ayurveda, meaning the knowledge of life, with others. And I have to say that the sound on Christine's end is a little soft, so unfortunately there may be some difficulty hearing at times, depending on your surroundings when you're trying to listen. So very sorry for that technical issue, but taking the teachings that we're speaking about in this episode, just focus on breathing and let go of what you can't control. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Art, Humor, and Soul, a nonprofit that supports and amplifies the voices of edgewalkers through art that catalyzes change, laughter that brings us together, and soul awakening to the creative spark within. Enjoy this conversation. Hello, Christine. Welcome to the Wild Honey Collective, and thank you so much for being here. It's truly an honor to have you join us today. And it's hard to pull together all the many things that you've been up to in a concise introductory sentence. (laughs) You're a healer, a teacher, an entrepreneur, a mom, and the founder of multiple grassroots healing arts projects that reimagine what's tending to one's health looks like, and who deserves access to that care. Can you tell us about your work and how it fits into your philosophy of healing? Oh, that is a huge question. That's a huge answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so what I do is... um, um, I am the founder of Virginia Community Yoga. Um, it started in 2018, and um, we actually teach um, people in the prison and jail population um, um, mindful movement, which is yoga, mindful meditation, and nonviolent communication. Um, and it's just not us going in and teaching. It is really actually a three-month curriculum with graduation, um, a leadership program, a sustainability program. Um, so that has been created, but we not only do that, do the prison work or the jail work, there are other many of bridge projects coming forward in uh, Virginia Queen Yoga. The other local yoga uh, teachers um, wanted to step into, 
And so it's also creating relationships with other yoga teachers that said to themselves, hey, you know, I want to do more. I want to make an impact in my in my community, um, stepping into their light as teachers and human beings. Um, so that was created in 2018. And then I also um, own Apotha Cafe Botanicals um, for the longest as I've known. Um, I love holistic. I love the organics. I love natural um, lifestyle. Um, I love Mother Earth, Pachamama. So um, I created this. Um, I started dabbing into the holistics at a very, very, very young age um, and um, started, you know, learning by myself, being my own guinea pig, learning about aromatherapy, learning about herbs, um, and then I had a family and with all that knowledge that I, I self-taught myself, I made my tinctures, I made my salves, I started doing things all holistically, um, for my family. One, one, it helped financially when the kids got sick. Um, and it was just putting my knowledge to the test kind of thing. Um, and it really benefited us as a whole, as a family. And then once the kids gotten older, um, I started going to certification processes, um, you know, doing things for myself, stepping into my own light and power as a woman, as a mother, as a wife. Um, and then that was where the healing process started to happen um, for myself um, and just now spreading it everywhere I try to go, you know, um, the knowledge of holistic health, the Ayurveda um, is not one to keep. It's always the pass on. Um, so yeah, so that's what it started. And then owning a coffee shop, then starting a farmer's market, um, as the entrepreneur mind that I am, and also bringing that really was, um, community vibes was really huge. Whenever I started, we started a business is a lot of the community involvement with that, um, meaning, wasn't doing it for selfish or self reasons. It was doing it for community based reasons, especially with the impact that COVID had on the entire world or or even in our community. So yes, um, that was a lot. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I hope I covered everything (laughs) from there, but you know. Yeah, well, it's a it's a great introduction, and mm-hmm. you you're one of those people that represents so much that I've wanted to bring into this podcast since before it even got started, and that's because you live your healing work so vividly and just have an infectious sense of joy and generosity about you, and so your work and the state of the world touches some pretty heavy places. So I did want to get started by asking you what's bringing you joy these days. Oh, what's bringing me joy that where I'm at in my age, I come to realize that all my experiences, either good or bad, is bringing me to the next step of joy. All my failures are bringing me to the next step step to joy and success. Um, Ayurveda would always say 
that. It's neither this or neither that. It's just is. Life is just is. It doesn't mean to give up on life and say, oh, this happens just because or whatever. Or You make things happen, but things happen for you and not against you to make it to allow you to step forward into your own light, into your own power, into your own joy, into your own happiness. Um, I think that's where I'm at today, especially of the things that the entire world had gone through uh, when the pandemic hit. Everything was at a standstill, at a pause. And I think a lot of people are forced to see themselves. Uh, They're forced to see the good, bad, and ugly of themselves. Um, And once you pull out of that, regardless if it was a pandemic or not, once you pull out of that, there's always that other side to it, you know? So where there is sorrow, there's always joy and happiness. Yeah. Um, So having the gratitude for the sorrow and these quote-unquote bad experiences, because on the other flip side, you you gain the wisdom you gain the more light you gain more clarity um you gain more grounding and stability with who you are um so that i think brings me joy um on a very deep deep level spiritual level on a more physical tangible level is being present for my kids um, and still able to pay my bills and, um, you know what I mean? And still able to do other things in life, you know? Um, so being present with that, um, yeah, I think like the failures and the, my experiences brought me so much joy <clears throat> that, um, it's allowed doors to open that I never thought were possible. Yeah. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this will come up again later, just talking about the process of healing and the mindset that is required to take what has been the most challenging, the most suffering and, you know, use that as the kindling for the flame of, you know, whatever fuels the next chapter of our lives, and that's the healing process. But I think for for me, and it sounds like for you, and I don't know if it's a universal thing or just a thing that some people thrive on more than others, but, like, the most challenging experiences in retrospect always feel the richest because of all of the opportunities to learn that they presented, learn and grow and challenge yourself. Yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right that we have to look at our, our successes, you know, um, but we have to look at our failures to see our success. And, you know, you saying about um, to kindle your fire, when we do go camping, when we do need some firewood, we have to get the ones the 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 wood that's been broken that's been dried out that's been thrown to the side we don't use the fresh ones and chop them off the tree or anything like that we get the ones that get thrown to the side and Mm. that kindles the fire so 
you know, with a lot of people feeling what I've noticed these days of their worth. Um, because say again, the pandemic hit a lot of people in so many different ways in one. Um, and then people had to see now that they don't have their nine to five job, they use those things. We use tangible things as our worth. We use external validation to show our worth. And now that everything's ripped away from that and we all had to stay home, now we had to redefine who we are. We had to answer the question, who am I? And then out of that, we had to kindle the fire some way, somehow, because we had to survive. We're in survival mode now. And then from that, a failure losing your job, went to school for it, everything, lost your job. Now you had to be creative. Now you had to kindle your own fire. And now you have to step into your own flame in whatever way that happens. And you're going to fail a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you have to. You keep on trying, you keep on going at it. And then you start realizing and you can look back of, man, that was it? That was it? To get me where I am today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> because you become more wiser. So those that are young out there, look forward to getting older because the more older you get, the more stability you are. The more, if you could look at, like I said, all these uh, quote-unquote negative or bad experiences or whatever, if you look at it positively, the older you get, the more wiser you become, but the more younger you may feel. And yes. The more younger you will look. Trust me. <laughs> Plus, if you work with Ayurveda and holistic medicine and do your Ayurvedic facials, you'll feel good. <laughs> yeah, you walk that talk. I My skin was glowing for months after my... so speaking of training and how it can be adapted to these shock moments in our cultures like can you describe the healing arts traditions that you've been trained in in more detail and what about them feels powerful for you what yeah so the the eastern um traditions that i've been taught um, besides yoga and whatnot and martial arts is Ayurveda, which is part of, uh, I mean, yoga is part of Ayurveda. It's a sister science, but um, we'll start with Ayurveda first. And um, what Ayurveda means is the knowledge of life, the knowledge or the science of life. And it's not necessarily life itself. It's about your life how you move, you um, and weave or um, ebb and flow with life and how to keep this balance with the inner part of you and the external part of you and everything else that is around you. Yoga is a sister science to that. So that does, it is a part of Ayurveda that helps you keep into that balance. Um, martial arts has always been in, in my life ever since a little girl. And I, I would say that would be that stepping stone of understanding Eastern um, physical modalities and Eastern principles and coming to martial arts. Um, but Ayurveda, what's so great about it is that Ayurveda sees everything as a whole. So meaning that your mind's not separate from your body and body's not separated from the mind. 
And the spirit has a lot to do with both of those bodies. I love the fact that um, Ayurveda sees everybody totally different. Um, I'm different than my husband. I'm different than my kids. Even though my kids are part of me, they come in the world in their own entities, their own karmas, their own personalities and whatnot. Um, And that's what I really love about it. It allows me to feel free and not restricted. Um, Meaning... um, the simplest thing as in the in the West, when you do diets, it's like they restrict you. Um, and it could also be the mind mentality of, of, of individuals too, but it is that restriction. Don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat this, and don't eat that. And what I love about Ayurveda is that once you understand you and your balance and your doshas and whatnot, that go ahead, eat 20%. If you want to go to a brewery and eat pizza and a beer, hey, that's totally fine. But you are consciously aware, mindfully aware that the next day you're going to pay for it. The, 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 you know, and so it is that mindfulness approach to it. And that's what I love, but it doesn't restrict you. Restrict you. Um, I just got done t- teaching a workshop about immunity and Ayurveda. And, you know, the biggest thing is that, well, I'm not supposed to eat that. I said, why not? You know, that's what somebody would say, well, I'm not supposed to eat that. And I would say, why not? She's like, well, because it's not for my dosha. I said, well, why would you restrict yourself with that? Cause yourself to have some kind of stress hormone come up. Because really, you really want that. But you're mindful enough um, to not eat it every day because you know what's going to happen to you. So even that alone, like how much Ayurveda is like, go ahead and have it. But don't, don't, you know, don't stress yourself out of it, um, stress yourself out because you crave or, you know what I mean? You're going against something within the body. You just have to have this mindful approach. And that's what I love about the Eastern studies is being mindful, not the, you can't. You can. It's the, you can, but you have to be mindful. And it's not only with food. You have to be mindful how you talk to people. Be mindful of your actions. Be mindful of your thoughts. So it is. It's a huge all-day practice. And I think that's what I really love because it's a discipline practice. So that brings me to when we're talking about healing work, if we're thinking about collective healing, we always need to be talking about how to show up to this mindful process of healing, tending to ourselves and others, while navigating the pressures and constraints of our capitalist economy Mm -hmm. and the ways in which our culture tells us we are not deserving of rest or care or we're not resourced for it. And so your work with mindfulness practice and the teachings of yoga and Ayurveda developed in India to fortify people's capacity to show up to their own well-being Um, is really tied to one of the most devastating extremes of what we see, which is prisons. Uh Can you speak to the relationship between the spiritual practice, spiritual teaching, and peace? How do you approach teaching this to people who are experiencing incarceration? Uh 
a beautiful question. And I have so many um, answers to that. Number one thing, regardless if you are incarcerated or not, peace starts with you. You don't have to be incarcerated to be in prison. Your mind can be in prison and you could be looking at a beautiful tree or you could be out and feeling free physically, but imprisoned in the mind. So I tell my students, this is an ashram. You have nothing else to worry about except yourself. You could choose to worry about other people, which most people do, and that's when you get lost. Um, but having the discipline practice of yoga, meditation, um, seeing yourself and answering the question, who am I? So that's definitely what I teach in lockup is, you know, the reconciliation aspect of things. We're, humans are not perfect. We are not perfect whatsoever. Um, so peace definitely does, again, regardless if you're locked up or not, it's where your mind is at, but peace does start with you. Um, you know, like, I would say even with my own self and my own story and my own experiences, I could be looked at as this amazing practitioner, but within my body, I know peace is not there because of what I'm dealing with. And then that's when I have to pull back and look at myself in the mirror, in a sense, and say, is this worth your well-being? How are you going to approach this? You have all the tools, Christine. You know, in this, in this pandemic world, um, you know, in 2020, things hit hard with me and my family, my relations and stuff like that. Um, and everything I I, I uh, taught my students I had to do on myself tenfold is that I can't be the practitioner human being that I wanted I want to be if I can't practice my own teachings um, so when it comes to you know people living in these today world and the pressure society and whatnot is that we have to look in ourselves because the only thing we can control is ourselves. We can't control anything else. You know, we, I mean, to a certain point, but there's only one thing that you know you can control is yourself, how you're going to respond to a situation. Are you willing to sacrifice your well-being for the 10th day in a row of working? Are you willing to sacrifice your familyhood for your career you know what I mean and if we could have the faith and understanding that we will always be taken care of because that is just how the universe works we will probably have to struggle but then the struggles become joy at the end there is always a balance in life and you have and individuals have to see that balance of life when you have that balance of life then it becomes more peaceful um, yeah and more wisdom. Why can't people in the Western world see that? Why do we have to have this, 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 and that? You know, because of external validation, because of what society allows us to see through our senses, like through our eyes. Um, and through our eyes, you know, we see so much. And then we have these desires. We attach ourselves to these desires. And what we need to do is not attach. We can't attach to our relationship. Mm -hmm. I can't attach to my kids. It doesn't mean turn my back on them. 
but I can't attach to them like that. I could only be also their teacher. They're my teachers as well, but I could only guide them through life, just like I was guided through life. Um, You know, the attachments becomes control. So if we could have the non-attachment, we'd be more at peace, I would say. So, yeah. So that's how I teach it in the prison system. Don't attach yourself to a number. Don't attach yourself. I'm a criminal. Don't attach yourself that I did this, this, and that. I was a drug addict. Don't, you know, I did this, this, and that, you know. Um, But people come into this world as good. It's what they were brought up to see and witness um, has gotten them in the place that there are. But again, nobody's perfect. And every moment and every day you have that chance to transform. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I want to ask about the way that trauma comes into these teachings Mm -hmm. because so many people who end up causing or committing crimes of desperation like robbery or theft or um, crimes that are about not having the kind of access to basic needs are often rooted in a history of abuse or neglect thing that I study in the Center for Justice and Peace Building at EMU in Harrisonburg, studying conflict transformation. And we see that trauma often is is such a huge and under-recognized um, underlying cause of the reasons that people find themselves in situations that we label as crime. And I think that it's fair to say that trauma makes it difficult, especially difficult to do exactly what you're saying, which is to let go of the things that we have attached to in order Mm -hmm. to feel a sense of security and in order to feel a sense of capacity to Mm -hmm. survive. And so Mm -hmm. how does that come up and how did the tools that you have um, address that? Right, right. Trauma is a huge thing. I everybody has trauma. (laughs) And if you don't, you're an alien. Um, But (laughs) everybody has some form of trauma. Some form of trauma. Um, And it could be generational trauma. And I think with what um, I'm witnessing in the line of work that I do is that generation trauma seems to be that number one thing. Um, And it seems like that vocabulary is a new thing that people are understanding about generational trauma. Ayurveda would say that your dosha or your constitution or what we say prakruti is, is conceived at conception. And it all depends on what, how your mom and dad felt when they were conceiving you. So think about that. You know, it all happens in utero before you become this physical form, actually, that 
when your parents get together, depending on how they felt, depends on how you're going to be in your in your life. That's very interesting. And I don't think there's a lot of studies out there. But um, generation trauma does come up a lot. Um, and to the answer of your question, how do I approach that trauma? Is that, one, I have to understand that I have my own traumas. And that I'm not nothing different than anybody else. We, when it comes to trauma, it's painful. It's that painful thing. The question of why. Um, and all these questions come. Um, so traumas are different th- for other people, yes. Um, but the feelings, the understanding of it, how it made you feel tends to be very similar in nature. So how I approach is that understanding that to move the trauma out of the body, we have to move the body. And that's where yoga comes into place. And then we talk about, we bring up the traumas. We understand in Ayurveda, we like to take care of the root cause. I don't like to tell my students, well, you're in here because you did that. Well, yeah, you may have done the action, but then let's pull back a little bit more. What caused you to go uh, to steal? What caused you to do X, Y, and Z and hurt somebody? Again, when I go into the, the system, most of the time, it's people of color and low income class, you know, um, those are the students I mainly get, or they would be children of really good families that were neglected. Now, really good families, meaning they're financially well off, went to really good school, but were neglected. And that's the thing is that, um, you know, I guess it's in some, somewhat a side note is that when you have so much going on and you're a successful person, something else has to give. And when it comes back to when you ask me what brings me joy now and I'm able to be present with my kids, something had to give for me to be successful in my own way. And part of it was my family until it made me realize, no, that is not success. As a mother and a person that I am, I want to be present for my family. Now that I'm present and now that I'm transitioning into another door, another, another, not necessarily another life, um, but I'm transitioning, I've accomplished what I needed to accomplish. Um, So going back to trauma, you know, it is that those individuals is that they come from a really wealthy family, but something had to give. And most of the time the kids were given, you know what I mean? Um, And so you get those type of uh, um, individuals as well and they get in trouble and all that. But that's trauma in itself, not having um, the support or stability in a parenting love, in a sense. So, you know, um, using Ayurveda and yoga and these alternative um, healing modalities has helped tremendously. Because not only that, is that with my experiences, you're not going by book. Like with this podcast, it's not going by what I wrote down because I didn't write anything down. I like to wing it because life is you're winging it, you know, Um, and I that's what I love and that we're on this one on one basis. And it's the same thing when I go in is that 
I tell them I'm not there to help them. I'm not there to fix them. I'm only here to help, to guide, to guide them, just like my teachers guide them. So therefore, I'm not above you. I'm not below you. And the same thing is that they're not above me. They're not below me. And um, and that's a lot these days. You know, we a lot of people fight for power. But when I'm in lockup and I'm using these holistic modalities, it is where we're all trying to heal. My students help me heal through my toughest times and vice versa. And again, using the yoga to move the trauma out, understanding your trauma, where does it come from? You know, and men are women and women are totally different. I teach men's block and women's block. And there's certain things that men weren't taught. And so I have to approach it totally differently. There are certain things that women weren't taught and you have to approach it totally differently. So I think what it really is, what it really boils down to is not labeling them, not going in the mindset that, ooh, I'm going to fix these people. Because again, as peace begins with you, healing starts with you as well. But you have to choose those things. They don't just come. You have to choose them. Um, just like love, you have to choose to love yourself. You have to choose to love your partner. You have to choose to love your family members. Um, so I think that really that is that is that equality when I go in there. Um, okay of being myself. Um and just finding the trust between the relationship of student and teacher. But it's been such a, a really beautiful road that once it started, once Virginia King Yoga created this bridge project and the system seeing how much it benefits them, it's tremendous, you know? They're human beings. They're not animals being locked up and and they shouldn't be looked at animals being locked up and animals in general shouldn't even be locked up, you know? Um, so yeah, so that's to answer the question of how do I use these holistic modalities in the system, in the prison system or jail system? Um, it's more than just the physical practice. It's really touching somebody's soul by removing your own ego and, um, not attaching yourself to the outcome of anything that you start in life. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> and this has been such a wonderful conversation. I know that you're moving into a new season in your life. Yes. And it's just been an honor to get to hear about your work. And I would love to hear what are you looking forward to as you move towards something new? Yeah. So as much as I love Hampton Roads and, you know, I was pretty much raised over here. Um, um, my family is now transitioning to Boulder, Colorado. We've been there before. Um, love the mountains. Um, and just transitioning to, from being an entrepreneur and go, go, go lifestyle in a sense. Um, still doing what I love to do, 
you know, but it is, it's still a demand because it's still energy out, energy out. And what I'm looking for, looking forward to is still maintaining the things that I've started, still maintaining my passions and whatnot, but really honing it in and coming home to myself. And what does that mean? Is that everything I gave out to everybody else unconditionally, I have to give it to myself 10 times more. Um, And again, it's because of the experiences. And then the more and more I start seeing myself in the mirror, the more and more I say to myself, this is what you need, Christine, so you could be a better human being. We, I do Ayurveda, people do... Like Ayurveda would say, you do this practice is because you want to be a better human being with the people around you. But not only that, you're being a better human being to have a healthier planet, to have a better community. You know, that is your role. That is your responsibility as an individual on this planet, you know, because um, you will not be here for long. We have other generations. And you are that lead to that. So, yes, we are um, transplanting to Boulder, Colorado once again. Um, I do, you know, I want to manifest where what I've started here, Virginia Community Yoga, in which um, the local university, ODU, and CNU, um, two two professors actually coming together and they're going to carry on the projects. Um, we are having a teacher training at the end of May with trauma-informed yoga um, and having wonderful teachers, some professors, and just just amazing teachers that are coming forth and donating their time because it's really needed. And it's open to anybody. It's, you don't have to be a yoga teacher. There's a lot of people, like nurses, and a lot of people in um, the correctional facility that are actually coming in and taking the training. Um, I think a lot of people are realizing what we've been doing has not really sustained once people are being released. And what we need is sustain. We need to build trust amongst officers or deputies and, or, or, uh, and, and um, underserved populations, you know, building that once again. Um, so anyway, so yeah, um, that's going to continue here at Virginia King Yoga, but hopefully having a sister site in Colorado called Colorado Community Yoga and doing the same, same thing. Um, and then, you know, just still doing my apothecary stuff, but not necessarily having a brick and mortar. Again, going back and coming home to myself and, and um, recreating things that I've started in a sense in a new area um, and just being present for my kids as the older I get, the older they become. And I'm realizing, oh my gosh, you know, later I'm going to be an empty nester and I can only be a mother during that time just once. I only can see my child be nine once. I can only see my child be a teenager once. Um, so yeah, so that's where I'm at. (laughs) Um, hopefully you're still doing workshops here and there back and forth from Colorado and Virginia. Um, and teaching and spreading Ayurveda, my passion with Ayurveda around. Um, so yeah, and still and still being a student. I will always still be a student for as long as I live. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, wishing you the best in that new transition. And that's always been the the energy that you bring to conversations. I remember sitting with you in your spa and just you talking about how to stay young forever by the power of your attitude and your heart. So thanks for carrying that energy. And I hope that it comes back to you tenfold. Thank you so much. I think it is coming back to tenfold, you know, um, and it is the mindset you have to, it's very easy to look at things negatively. It's very easy. It's actually harder to say something positive and think positive. Um, so if we just get ourselves in that mindset and, and when you get in a mindset of the positive doors start to open up, things start to manifest, things start to happen. And you're just like, wow, you know, um, I'm very, very thankful that we did cross paths here in the 757 <laughs> through your mom. <laughs> and, and it's amazing. She raised a beautiful daughter and, um, you know, spreading your passions and love and your teachings themselves, you know, um, is a beautiful thing. Doing this podcast is a beautiful thing. Um, and everybody should listen to it <laughs> um, because these are, again, your questions were very deep thoughted. And um, I think we have to have more podcasts like this. We have to have more talks like this um, just because this is the awareness. This is um, consciousness. This is where we need to start bringing the conversations more deeper, um, one-on-one, soul, soul deep. In a, in a sense, um, with conversations and whatnot. So I thank you for having me on. Um, and I look forward to more uh, collaborations with you, hopefully in the future. And hopefully you, you get to come out to Boulder, Colorado, and we could sit down to actually have a one-on-one tea, kind of have a cup of tea and a podcast. <laughs> Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this conversation. And I hope you found something fortifying in it. Thank you once again to Christine Harrell for sharing her knowledge. You can follow the podcast on any platform that you find your podcasts and on Instagram at wildhoney.collective, where I'm selling a new collection of hoodies and shirts that are golden, that are cozy, that are soft and that are beautiful so you're going to want to get one of those for yourself and all of your loved ones and new episodes come out every other friday and if you can take 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening that is so helpful in helping an independent podcast like this one reach more people that is all this week and i will speak to you guys in two weeks and until then remember Pollinate your wildest dreams.